Hello, and welcome to the Day Sun Digest podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Angelina Davis. I'm a liaison clinical pharmacist with Day Sun. And in this podcast episode, we'll be reviewing a relatively recent study titled A Comparison of Active Versus Passive Methods of Responding to Rapid Diagnostic Blood Culture Results. This article was published in Antimicrobial Stewardship in Healthcare Epidemiology in 2022 by Elizabeth Chandler and colleagues. And I think this is a wonderful time for us to evaluate this study because it looks at two different methods of communicating critical diagnostic information. That of an active approach utilizing on-call pharmacy residents and a passive approach that relies on largely the electronic health record notification. Now, in the light of a push by many C-suite executive and administrative bodies to solely rely on EHRs to control antibiotic prescribing because they require reduced manpower and resources for that to be carried out. This evaluation is not only one that's warranted, but I think it's one that many of us have really been eagerly awaiting. We now live in an era where rapid and accurate diagnosis can significantly alter patient outcomes, particularly in the context of bloodstream infections. A delay in appropriate treatment can actually increase the risk of mortality and adverse outcomes. So this study presents compelling evidence for us to examine and determine whether or not use of polymerase chain reaction PCR blood culture results and being able to communicate that information that is generated from that testing rapidly can indeed change the way that we practice. To this date, the best method of communicating rapid diagnostic results remains unknown. So this was a retrospective observational study of adult patients that were hospitalized with at least one positive blood culture containing a gram-positive organism that was identified by PCR between October 2014 and January 2018. Of note, the study did exclude patients that had polymicrobial infection, also those who had concomitant infections caused by a different organism that prevented change to optimal antibiotic therapy, and in instances where antibiotics were started for positive blood cultures before admission or if there was death prior to the organism being identified. With that being in mind, the primary outcome measure was time from blood culture collection to first dose of optimal antibiotic therapy. And they did look at a number of secondary outcomes that included days of antibiotic therapy as DLT, time to de-escalation, time to microbiologically active therapy, length of stay from time of positive culture, and inpatient mortality. So those were all of the additional secondary outcomes that were considered in this study. So there were three study periods that were evaluated. The first study period was considered the control period. This is a period of standard workflow where the rapid diagnostic testing was being performed and the results were being reported by telephone from the laboratory to the patient's nurse. And this was done 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whenever that uh, notification came through. Now, in the second study period, which represented the active period, this is where the laboratory 
page an on-call pharmacy resident to report the PCR result. Now, this intervention was not just about relaying information. It was about ensuring that the critical diagnostic results were accompanied by expert interpretation as well as actionable insights that, that were really tailored to prompt and precise antibiotic stewardship. So these pharmacy residents were trained before the start of this period, and they received dedicated instruction on antimicrobial stewardship principles as well as optimal antibiotic regimens for specific pathogens. So you're adding their level of expertise and insight and still making that available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, in the third study period, the PCR results were reported similar to that of the initial standard workflow, which in included the laboratory contacting the nurse to notify the medical provider. But there was also reporting in real time as in-basket messages within the EHR to clinical pharmacists that were responsible for the patient's care. The study's findings were striking. The median time to optimal therapy was significantly reduced in the active group to just 23.4 hours. Now that's the group with the pharmacy resident intervention. That's compared to 42.2 hours in the passive group, the EHR notification group, and 45.9 hours in the control group. The pharmacy resident intervention led to a stark difference. And moreover, the de-escalation of therapy, which is a critical component of antimicrobial stewardship, occurred approximately 12 hours sooner in the active group. So this quicker adjustment of antibiotic therapy not only helps in tailoring treatment more accurately, but it also plays a vital role in us being able to combat antibiotic resistance. And it does this by minimizing the unnecessary use of broad spectrum antibiotics. As for secondary outcomes, there was no statistically significant difference detected in the time to microbiologically active therapy or days of therapy. And in-house uh, mortality was 23% in the control group, 17% in the active group, and 25% in the passive group. So although that didn't reach statistical significance, it does show a trend toward improved uh, mortality or decreased mortality risk in the active group where you had intervention by the pharmacy resident that provided timely information uh, and follow-up. While the benefits of the active communication method seem to be relatively clear, implementing this system poses a number of challenges. First, we have to think about the fact that being able to do this required dedicated, trained personnel that were available around the clock. That is something that is very resource intensive and also something that many hospitals, especially hospitals within our network, may not necessarily have access to. Additionally, the study underlines the importance of targeted training for pharmacy residents or pharmacists in general that would be involved in these interventions. So this highlights, in addition to the manpower, the need for investment in education as well as training so that you're able to maximize the approach and the impact of this particular initiative. So we have to think about our feasibility in being able to carry this out. 
And the study has several limitations that we have to think about. One is inherent in the design. So the fact that it was a retrospective study, of course, is not always ideal. And we had to rely on the inclusion criteria as documented in the clinical outcomes also as documented in the EHR. Also, you had to consider the fact that many times the in-basket reporting that occurred in the EHR was limited to working hours or daytime hours when the clinical pharmacists were on staff. So that was not being captured 24-7 or all the time or not being at least visualized by the pharmacy staff outside of typically those daytime hours. So we really have no idea of how long it took for the pharmacist to realize that that notification was present in the in-basket and how long it took for them to actually act on it or if that even triggered them to make the recommendation. Additionally, there were many differences that were noted between the study groups. So those who were located in the ICU had typically hematologic malignancies that could have particularly affected their outcomes. And so this was uh, more prevalent, at least, in the active group as opposed to the other groups. So this could have attributed to longer hospital length of stay as well as days of therapy in terms of antibiotic use for these patients. There was also a new service that started during the passive time period. Uh, this service was aimed at discharge patients who would have otherwise had to stay in the hospital, and it allowed them to complete their entire course of antibiotics uh, and be discharged. So that could have impacted the hospital length of stay as well as the days of therapy, shortening the time period of which that, uh, that was seen. And let's not forget, this was a small sample size. So there were a number of issues in terms of study design as well as limitations uh, with this study. And a lot of it was just inherently because of the longer time period as well as the fact that it was retrospective in design. However, I do want to say that the study's findings really do prompt a reconsideration of how healthcare systems are utilizing technology in communicating this critical diagnostic information. While this is a passive approach, often in many settings relying on EHR notifications, there seems to be a potentially better way. And what we have to think about is how can we attain the outcomes that we saw, for instance, in this study with the pharmacy residents intervening in the active group while still being able to maintain that in terms of manpower and resources? So is there a scalable way to do this in a setting where resources are reduced or unavailable? That that's really key. But it does seem that when we're able to take that approach, then the time to optimal therapy is is reduced as well as there is rapid de-escalation that potentially occurs and we fall short when we do not have that active approach. And so those are all things that we have to take into consideration and continue the question, as well as share with our administrators so that we can let them know the importance of being able to feed back the important information to our providers and how valuable that is. It's not just about reporting. It's not just about getting that critical result to the provider, but also framing that in proper context and, and providing any feedback with regards to stewardship and antibiotic prescribing.
So this study serves really, I feel like, as a compelling call to action for healthcare systems to critically evaluate the way that we're currently handling diagnostic communication strategies. The advantage is that with active communication methods, we can potentially enhance antimicrobial stewardship. We can optimize patient outcomes. We can potentially and hopefully improve patient care. But the the thing is that we need the support to do that. And in the context of operational capacities, as well as patient populations, it can present a challenge uh, for many of our clinical staff, as well as them being able to uh, really get the backing and support of healthcare administrators and clinical leaders. Hopefully, though, by integrating a more dynamic and interactive communication strategy, we can find a way to hopefully improve overall patient outcomes, especially in the setting of bloodstream infection. So in conclusion, this study compared active and passive methods of responding to rapid diagnostic blood culture results. And it underscores the potential of active communication to significantly enhance antimicrobial stewardship and improve patient outcomes. The lessons from this study offer us valuable insights into the critical role of effective diagnostic communication in achieving these goals. So I want to urge each of you as you're meeting with your liaison clinical pharmacist to think about ways that you can also improve communication strategies at your local facility. If this particular study is true and translates to our settings, it would mean that we could have a positive impact on the patients that we serve. Thank you.